everyone. Hi, welcome to Talking in the Rain. I am your host, Saira Unju, and today my guest is Violet Patrick, also known as Ultraviolet Oddities. She's a Vancouver-based artist creating art by upcycling baby dolls. She makes everything from baby head planters to eyeball bolo ties from these babies. <laughs> In this episode, we get into her artistic practice, how it began, how it has evolved over time. Um, we get into art as a conversation starter, Eastside Culture Crawl, Weirdos Market, upcoming projects, collaborations, how difficult it is to ask for help, burnout, and some more stuff. You can visit Violet's studio during the Eastside Culture Crawl from November 16th to 19th. You can catch her at Weirdos Market in December and check out her art. Honestly, I'm going during the Culture Crawl. I need me a baby head and I need a colorful one and I need one with a piercing. <laughs> It's going to be great. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to look at her art. Um, check out her Instagram at Violet Patrick and enjoy this episode. Hello, Violet. Thanks for being here. So uh, let's start with, can you tell me about your, your artistic practice, when and how you got into it and how has it evolved over time? Yeah, big question. It definitely <laughs> has evolved over time. I've been making art for a while since high school and I think even looking back on my early works it still sort of connects to what I'm doing now like things have kind of not changed in some ways but of course in a lot of ways they have changed I've, I've filtered through a lot of different mediums and so photography is really what I stuck on from the beginning mm -hmm. um it's just a hard question to answer honestly like <laughs> but I think I think honestly I think I think the best way to answer it is to like stick on the baby doll thing because I've made a lot of different art but I think when it, I'm, I'm really stuck on the baby dolls these days mm -hmm. they're really the object that is like hung on to since high school I guess but in high school I guess the story I like to tell is I took a photography class my first one and they had a subject that they give you like a prompt and the prompt was trees and so You know, they give it to you and at the end of the week, everyone has to hand in a photograph that relates to the prompt. And at the time I was working uh, my first retail job at Toys R Us and it was not great. <laughs> I, I think I went into that job as like 15, 16 year old and be like, this is going to be fun. You know, this is going to be cool. Then quickly realized that, oh, this is capitalism. <laughs> and like, this is the first time I realized like the world we maybe live in and that things aren't so rosy. And uh, I was like working in like the girls section and realizing things are so gendered and everything's made of plastic. And, you know, it's, it's yeah. all just kind of fake in a sense. For this trees project, everyone handed in a photo of like a tree or a stump or a branch. And I decided at the time in my headspace to get a baby doll, a plastic one, nail it to a tree, like crucify it onto a tree, slap some fake blood onto it. And I handed that in. And as we're going through the photos in class and everyone's like, you know, talking about everyone's work, mine comes up and just the feeling in the room, just the conversation that happened, the reaction I got out of everybody, including the teacher was just so rich and 
amazing that that was truly, I think, the beginning of me creating things that felt like it had to shock and start a conversation and just had to feel a little bit more out of the box because nothing else was interesting. At that point, I realized like nothing else people are showing me or doing anything for me. But I want to create something that makes people feel and think and just provoke thought in general, you know, which is just what art's supposed to do, create conversation and feeling. So that's truly the beginning of the baby doll was that was that. <laughs> I love that. So that's an amazing origin story. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, where do you sit? Because currently uh, you make a lot of um, plant holders from like mm-hmm. the baby heads, right? So when you first mentioned like, oh, trees and you were working at Toys R Us, I was like, oh, that's how the planters started. But then, nope, you crucifixed that baby. Yeah. It started in like a photography sort of realm. And then after that, after high school, I went to Emily Carr, um, like art school to take a photography, like I, I majored in photography, basically, mm-hmm. uh, while also dabbling in sculpture. I really loved sculpture and I kind of did both. Um, yeah, I like to play with both of them at the same time, like basically photographing sculptural things, moments, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a mix of stuff like that. Yeah. And then post-university... I kind of got more into the sculptural or into the into the baby heads, I guess, which I guess you can call sculptural. I mean, I don't make I don't make them. I don't you know, I don't sculpt them necessarily. I carve them, I guess mm-hmm. I would call it sculpture, but it's not like using clay. So well, I do use clay. I don't know. What am I even saying? Like it is clay. <laughs> I mean, like I use a bunch of things. It's kind of mixed media, I suppose, in a way. Um, it's hard to even define it because, yeah, you know, it's a little strange. <laughs> That's true. Also, I since this is audio based I would encourage everyone listening to like go check out what we're talking about because it is genuinely difficult to to describe but um do you take your the pictures of like the baby doll creations yourself absolutely yeah Mm, that's like and that's think yeah it's uh it's important I think for because I'm, I came from a t- photography background to yeah. make sure that the photos I post are so crisp and perfect. And oh. I definitely have a perfectionist sort of first when it comes to social media <laughs> and f- like photos and stuff. But that's the thing that that's all I'm working through all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say they look very crisp. I think the education <laughs> paid. <laughs> <They're awesome. laughs> yeah. Your perfectionism, does it also come in when you're working on the baby dolls as well? 100 percent yeah yeah it's great because obviously like i i feel good about Mm -hmm. the end result or that's what i'm trying to get to i want to be able to look at this thing and be like i'm happy putting this price tag on there and somebody taking it home and i'm not in my head about this like little thing about it that isn't perfect or you know just like little things and i i also know that other people recognize those things maybe not everybody i think most people probably look at it and like that's great and in my head i'm like oh it's got this it's got that but no one else notices but there are people who notice and who look at the overall of my instagram of my display of the of my products and be like these are perfect the way you've carved them like is absolutely even yeah i saw two videos on your website and one of them you mentioned that you spend probably most of the time carving out the baby head yeah try to eat make it even (laughs) perfect Uh, yeah and like I've gotten a lot better at it I think it took me a lot more time but nowadays I think it's gotten a lot more sped up but I'll spend like 20 minutes carving one head just carving just like trying to get the carving right you know um so that I look at it and I have like a light box that I put it in and so like all the 
light is even and I'm able to see like make sure there's no shadows around it that kind of like yeah I don't know it's 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 too much <laughs> but it's a lot of part of it passion in it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and do you ever get like you carve so much out that like you're at, at like halfway point the baby oh I go head. too far <laughs> yeah of course I have of course I have <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world or I'm just like doing the finishing touches and I just go a little too far and I'm like oh, oh and I have to like make everything else match it oh my god it is the it's the worst but I've yeah I've learned little things along the way to kind of help me help me make these things easier one is just a little a little thing just being that like knives and how to make sure to have the right tools to make things easier like if I'm like feeling resistance with a blade I know I need to change it out and that's gonna help me at the end like I'm not using no more dull blades that is like a big one because that's just a waste of my time and energy and it doesn't help the process so just like little things like that yeah help, help me move forward and then <laughs> save time you know yeah, definitely. And you have so many dolls from so many different, I'm assuming, brands, and you acquire them secondhand. My first question is, do you see like a difference in the plastic? And does it affect how you work with the doll? Yeah. Yeah, it is such a cool thing to be able to see toys from different years, different countries, all sorts. Yeah, there's there's all sorts. And it's really fun to look at it. And for other people, they might look and feel like it all is kind of the same. And it kind of is all the same. But they definitely are different. Some are squishy, some I can't even get a knife into. Some I'll spray paint and it's just sticky and it doesn't take the paint. And some are perfectly matte. And some I can like, it's funny, I'm at the point now where I can see a doll from across the room at like a thrift store and know whether or not I can get a knife in it, know whether or not I can spray paint it, know whether I'm going to have to like pull like tube out of the back of the mouth and like, or take out this inner thing. Like I have a good grasp of whether or not I can take something apart. Ask me the history of a doll or, or like of like certain dolls or certain brands. And I, I don't know if I know the answer. I'm not like a doll expert, but I would say I'm a doll expert when it comes to taking them apart and like knowing how easy that would be <laughs> that's such a niche skill <laughs> you, I feel like any icebreaker you have your fun fact ready to go <laughs> oh yeah yeah totally <laughs> my, my second question about these dolls was um so you grab them from you know thrift stores garage sales um and craigslist have yeah. you ever had like a strange encounter from craigslist that still sticks out to this day i mean they're strange in the fact that they're selling baby dolls on craigslist which is already i think kind of weird but maybe not i don't know you can sell whatever you want but it's strange because they're selling dolls and i show up and like i think it's strange because you look at me and you're like okay well you're you don't look like a parent you're not like young i think just i'm not the demographic for this like it's for someone to play with it. Which people will probably assume like I'll be playing, you know, someone would buy it to play with it. Um, and I am playing with it, but just not in the way that everybody else does, I guess. It surely is play with they're looking at me like, why are you buying these? <laughs> um, essentially. But I think I think most of the weird ones really come from the thrift store. Uh, especially if I go into a thrift store and I find a bunch at once. If I have like 10, sometimes I go in and I get the, I hit the jackpot. And so I'll come out with a handful of 10 of them and people will have to stop me and be like, what is going on? Like, 
I, you know, and it's not necessarily awkward as much as it's just like funny. Yeah, I guess there's one that was like, it's not awkward. I thought it was delightful. And to this day, I still like love it. I was buying, I had a pile of them on the checkout. And the lady behind me was like, you know, there's this, there's this lady at a market who sells these and like puts plants in them. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, that was like, it was a good, that was a good oh, moment. I was like, yeah. heck yeah, that's me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I the, other than like I guess my favorite one of my favorite things about making and selling these things is really the these interactions. And it happens before I even make them sometimes. It's just like I'm in the process of buying the the, the materials for them and I'm already having these interesting life moments with people because what I'm doing is so strange people cannot help to stop and talk to me about it, which is really fun. Yeah, I feel like with art in general it's able to start a conversation with like anyone but you're specifically being so out of the ordinary (laughs) that yeah I can't imagine so many people wanting to stop and you know talk and find out more which is I mean if you're extroverted that's that's like a dream for you (laughs) sure yeah I don't mind it (laughs) when you're creating these dolls and you don't only work with the heads you also work with the other parts as well so with any thing that you're creating with the dolls uh, do you usually have a specific idea in mind of what it's going to look like at the end when you start out or is it kind of just you know figure out as you go a bit of both I think um I do feel like I often again like we'll buy something for the store look at it and have an idea of where I'm going to go with it. Like some I'll look at it and be like, you're perfect. Like you're so cute. You don't really need anything. I'm just going to like put, make the clay bottom, cut you the top and do, you know, and then that, I think that's it. Like your face is already great. But then I get some faces that are a little strange that are almost like creepy. And so I want to bring up that creep factor. So I'm like, no, I'm going to put some piercings in you. I'm going to put some weird eyes in you. I'm going to put some horns in you just to like bring up the creep factor in you because how can you not? <laughs> Um, and then sometimes there are the in-betweeners, yeah, that I will just even spray paint it a color and be like, hmm, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going to put you on my shelf. And I certainly have a shelf with like at least 30 heads that are just sitting there kind of half done or have a color on them or I just don't know yet. <laughs> I'm just not sure where it's going to go. But one day I'm going to find the extra piece. Maybe it's eyeballs. Maybe it's commission that someone asked for that this head is the right base for. So it's all over the place. Sometimes I know immediately what it's going to look like. And sometimes it I just need to let it sit and give it time. Mm-hmm. And these severed heads on your shelf, they're in your studio, right? Not in your home? Well, <laughs> I, mostly in my studio, but and the table in front of me, there are about 15 heads. Oh my God. <laughs> I tell myself I'm going to have a separation between life and work and uh yeah yeah right does it happen <laughs> this is my life and so they're ev- they're everywhere honestly and that's yeah. okay with me I love it <laughs> amazing so I can assume you don't get haunted by them in your dreams oh nah, <laughs> no people say like you must have wild like baby head dreams and the only dreams I have is like me going to a thrift store and finding the jackpot <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but um yeah, I feel a little, I don't say I'm desensitized, but a little bit. Yeah. I looked at these things for a good like eight years consistently every single day. And so for other people, they get like the shock moment. But I'm like, 
this is my life. I see, I look at these every day. Like it's yeah. not desensitized sounds bad um, because I have a lot of feelings around my work, obviously, but as far mm-hmm. as feeling creeped out, haunted, I don't feel any of that. <laughs> You're used to them. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Or like, or like I'm already like being like the ghost is in me. Maybe I got haunted a while ago and my body's been overtaken by the demons of the baby head. So if you're just talking <laughs> to the demon right now. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like people who watch so many horror movies that they're like perfectly able to watch one and go to sleep right away. Totally. Which I don't understand how, but <laughs> <laughs> which I mean kind of sucks in a way because I'm like that defeats the purpose of of horror movies I guess <laughs> yeah. but yeah no it's different <laughs> <laughs> no definitely I f- I would say your babies some yes creepy but definitely not scary and they look very cool Thank you. um yeah when you are like you mentioned that you add like piercings or horns to some of them do you ever get requests for for example like they see something on your website they like it but they're like oh I would actually love if this one little baby had a septum piercing and then it's kind of like a custom yeah absolutely and that's like the beauty of having a lot of photos out there people can kind of piece together what they want and uh, I've gotten some fun requests too. I've gotten some challenging ones too that I mean commissions are hard for me I think because I I find this easy as far as making these heads and creating them it, it seems easy to me But when people throw me something that's difficult, it's truly a challenge. And I'm always at first like, I don't know if I can do this. Like this is this is way out of my realm. And when I'm able to fulfill it and feel good about it, it's the best work that I produce, honestly, or commissions in which I it's not my idea. I didn't think I could do it. And then somehow it comes out the other end and I'm like, okay, wow, I can do that. And because I it was a challenge and I put a lot of extra effort into it. It's, yeah, it's some of the best stuff. Nice. And when did you start selling your work, by the way? In 20, October 2017 was my first, like, mm-hmm. market where I just had, like, a tiny little table with, like, a couple heads and a couple pins. It was very, it was very cute. I have a photo of it um, that's just, like, very humble. Um, but I remember doing pretty well that day and, like, people had a good reaction and I felt pretty supported. And so... Uh, that made a difference too but yeah it's been I don't know that seven years or so yeah yeah and do you think you've seen a difference in how you feel towards selling your work when it comes to actually well like when it comes to the creation process because I know as like a creator as an artistic person it's stressful making stuff for other people do you think within those past six years you've kind of either gotten used to it or it's easier for you to create for other people to sell or yeah how does that work I'm sorry that was a lot of questions in one but (laughs) yeah I'll try to answer it I mean the babies have evolved quite a bit as far as quality I mean I would say the first like 200 I ever made and sell were probably not great like not bad, but like in comparison to where I'm at now, like really not great. Uh, like carving was not, you know, straight. And I don't think I glued the back of them. So they're probably leaking out of the, the eyeballs and the bottom part probably snapped off. I'll have people who come to me who buy something from me and it breaks and they're like, hey, this broke, like, you know, like, and try to work. It. And I'm so thankful when they come and tell me. So I'm like, yes, I, that's this is how I learn. Like I need to know when things are leaking or broken or just like, not holding up because that helps me 
change what I'm doing. And it has, like, I've changed my clay. I've changed the way I glue things. I've, I've changed a lot of things based off of what people tell me and in how things have held up and everything is dated almost. Well, the way that like for the longest time I would paint at the bottom, like the year in which I made the baby head. And so I think that's really cool in that people who have my heads from like back then when I was making heads and now are able to look at it and know like and kind of see the difference. And I have people told tell me that I've I've collectors who have like over a dozen heads, like which is really cool. And like through and they all look different throughout the years. And it's cool that they have a little like time capsule of like my progress in a sense. And yeah, it's cool to see. Although sometimes I cringe at some of the ways I made things back then, but that's just part of it. That's part of the learning. That's part of getting better. And I truly feel looking back at my old stuff, like I'll pick, I'll even forget how I made old stuff. And I'll look in someone's house and pick it up and be like, Oh gosh, can I take this home and fix it? Like, can I just like tweak this thing? Um, and so part of me cringes, but ultimately it feels good to know that I'm just getting better and I will continue to, you know, that's amazing. And also being able to not necessarily getting down on yourself, but instead, Oh, I can learn from this. Um, that's a good way to look at it. And with a very smooth transition, <laughs> I want to talk a little about the Eastside Culture Crawl, yeah. uh, which you are participating in this year. You People can come visit your studio, see your work, talk to you. For anyone who doesn't know, do you want to kind of explain how the Culture Crawl works and what it is that you do in it, basically? Yeah, so the Culture Crawl is a weekend in November in which a certain radius of Vancouver artists open up their studios for the public to come in and walk around and take a look at people's spaces and see where they're working, what they're working on, and they can even buy a piece or two from an artist. And this is my actually my first time doing the crawl. I've I've checked it out many years, um, but this is the first year that I'm in it, which is particularly nerve wracking, but exciting because I think my space is is like an art piece in itself <laughs> or like or like an experience in itself. It's its own display in that I have bins up to the ceiling, like walls of bins and drawers, see through drawers full of parts um, and so people who come and look at my table, typically at a market and see just mostly heads and some eyeballs will tell me like, oh, I can only imagine your studio. And like, you know, I, where, the, where are the other pieces? Like, where are the arms and the legs and the bodies? And I'm just like, yeah, they're they're hanging <laughs> from strings. They're in boxes. They're they're Oh, it exists. I have it. And so it, I'm excited for people to see it all as a whole like the baby doll in it as a whole, but also fragmented into bins, you know, in a sense, because seeing it, it's quite a sight. And I think it's almost like it's performative. It's fleeting. These hopefully won't be in boxes forever. This is just the storage until I accumulate enough to get onto the next big project that include these parts. But for now they're being stored in bins and it looks pretty cool. Honestly, <laughs> pretty wild. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have never been to your studio, but from what I've seen online, that it does look very cool, and it's like a perfect insight. I feel like into your artistry, <laughs> my brain, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Do you have anything 
big you're planning on and you're accumulating stuff for? Yeah, I, I made a couple like plant sculptures out of the arms and legs where I carved these pieces to fit in cohesively to look like little trees, little plants. Um, and I've done little versions of them that I really enjoy and a lot of people really are struck by, but I really want to go big with them. I want to create a giant tree, a giant cactus. I just want to go big. And so by going big, that also means you need to have a lot of pieces to do that. And so, yeah, essentially I just, I'm looking to make big sculptures. And so I'm, yeah, I'm just collecting the pieces to do that. <laughs> yeah, the the baby tree would be such a full circle moment for you, though. Oh, I love that. I know. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's your first time uh, participating in the culture crawl. That's very exciting. How did you, like, how did this happen? Well, I guess I got into the studio space that I'm in. I'm at um, a, an awesome space called Gore Studios um, on Gore Avenue. And... I just got into that space the beginning of last year. So I've been there for about like 10 months and that space is, it is the coolest space ever. Like I've been to the crawl and I've been to a lot of different studios, but this one's like really special. Everyone is cool and a little experimental and it's a really cool vibe in there. Honestly, I feel like other spaces, it's a bit more, I don't say professional because that sounds like we're not. <laughs> But like, I think we're just having, you can just tell we're having a lot of fun in there. And so, yeah, I was lucky enough to get a spot in this space at the beginning of the year. Um, and that automatically puts me in the crawl because it's in the radius of, of the crawl, basically. So, yeah. And that's part of why I also chose that space, too, because I knew that I knew that I wanted to do that. Be a yeah. part of it. Amazing. What are you most excited for when it comes to being in the crawl? The reactions. <laughs> <laughs> what people say sometimes I'll have a little notebook at markets just to just to like a comment section where like when someone says something I'll just write it down just so I have like yeah. an idea of like what are people feeling like I said I'm desensitized to <laughs> a lot of the feelings around the visuals of my work and so I'm like okay I need to get a gauge of what other people are feeling when they walk in and when they look at the stuff and I'm excited just to hear the comments of not just the heads on the table in a market but that plus everything else that was attached to these heads at some point in a bin um and there's more going on I have a little like curiosity shelf that I put my favorite little pieces that I just like that I don't want to take apart and like yeah have just bins of all sorts of stuff and I'm excited just to interact with the public and talk about what this brings up for people I guess yeah I can only imagine like being in your shoes and getting all those reactions but the notebook idea is it's a really good idea yeah, yeah I like that and, yeah I would say the two most common things at least at markets that people say would be creepy or they're <laughs> cute or it's cute creepy or oh. cute which is so fun it's so polarizing you know it is yeah also I would say very apt description for your work both <laughs> creepy and cute <laughs> absolutely and they can be both they can be creepy and cute also yeah right like you know Exactly. Yeah, that's, that, that sums it up. <laughs> so considering some of your work has been described as creepy, um, your studio is called Gore Studios. Yeah. We're close to Halloween at the time of recording. That only begs the question, are you a big Halloween person? Yeah. You know, Halloween and the holidays have sort of changed for me, like my feelings around them. 
in the last couple of years because this is obviously like I love I love creepy things. I love making I I used to love making like elaborate costumes. But because this is my busiest time of year as far as baby heads and selling, the holidays and Christmas or the holidays and um and Halloween have sort of changed into more of a stressful time, <laughs> you know? And then like it's good. Like I it means like I'm selling, people are interested, people are messaging me. I'm like stores are asking for restocks and it's lovely. Like I can't complain. This is business, but it just makes it so when this time of year comes, I I feel a bit of pressure and a bit of stress over the fact that I want to make sure that I make enough things for everybody and for me and on it to be, I just want it to everything to be great, I guess. And so I love Halloween. I love this time of year, but it's changed for me, I will say. Yeah. Do you ever employ help from your friends when it becomes too stressful and you have to create so much for like the stores and restocking? Yeah, I've learned to do that recently. <laughs> um, in the past, I, and I'm learning also how to do that. Like in the past, friends would be like, I'd love to help you. Um, and so I'll bring like a group of friends over. Like, I'm like, okay, here's some beer. Here's some pizza. Here's a bunch of here, paint this. You're like, you do that. Like, I'll just like give them a bunch of things. And at the end of the night, I'll like look at all the things that they've done. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and it ends up being more for me because I have to kind of fix what they've all done and I and I don't blame them like they I do this every day all the time of course they don't know like exactly what I want because I probably didn't communicate exactly specifically what I'm needing from them so I've learned my lesson in that sense and now I only I last year I had two friends one primarily who would come and just mix clay for me mm. just like easy stuff like I have a two-part clay like epoxy clay and it's a lot of energy for me to like mix the clay and then so we would have nights where I would pay him to come and just mix the clay and then hand it to me and I like sculpt it into whatever I need it to be and we just like have a line of an assembly line essentially and that oh that made a big difference mm -hmm. just like yeah mixing the clay he came in like in like in like exercise clothes to mix this clay because it's a lot of energy like you're sweating and so and that's easy stuff that's not like yeah. specifics when it comes to little things, when it comes to carving and painting, it's a high of a harder time giving that stuff away. Yeah. Uh, but I think I need to start letting go a little bit and trusting people and also giving better instruction. I did have a friend do a couple, like paint a couple things for me last year. And I just was very specific. They sent me updates and I said, okay, tweak this, tweak that. And so mm -hmm. I think I'm also just getting better at like directing people, which feels weird because, you know, but also I need help. I can't just do this by myself. And I know that I have a lot of friends that are delighted to help me in exchange yeah. for money or or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, learning to how to ask for help and actually, you know, be okay with it is so difficult. I definitely understand, but I'm glad yeah. it's working starting to work out now. Yeah. It's yeah. it's still hard to do. Even like yeah, accepting help when people are like, "Can I bring you a coffee? Can I bring you lunch at one of your markets?" and just being mm -hmm. like, "Yes, like please." Like just like accepting the little things like that are huge yeah it's so easy to say no and then just kind of be like I kind of wish I had coffee right now absolutely I just feel like a burden but they wouldn't ask unless they really wanted yeah. to help you know so, that's so true yeah they're friends for a reason yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that's a more recent lesson that I'm learning is just accept help even and even ask for it <laughs> yeah it really so doesn't true. and if they don't want to they can say no 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like the artist journeys can be lonely, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like this is my vision and nobody else's. Like some people join forces. They both have something that's similar that they're kind of, okay, let's make a business together. Like let's work on this together. Let's let's be one. But I what I'm doing is a little bit more it's a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it's hard to find somebody who can kind of attach to what I'm doing. And if there is, then great. I would love, love that. And I've been, I've been finding ways in which I can collaborate with other people. Uh, one is that the last year and this year I've been giving out blank baby heads. So like spray painting them white and giving them to other artists to paint on to sculpt or add their own flair to it so that we're kind of doing it together. It saves me trouble, but also it's kind of an exclusive thing of two artists having their work. Like, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a collaboration straight up. I'm just giving them the canvas and they're adding the flair. And so that's why one way I've been able to like work with somebody else, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's all me just because this is my vision. This is my nightmare <laughs> that I'm, <Yeah. laughs> that I'm, you know, yeah it's it's my thing and unless I want to pay somebody to come and help me it's all it's all me baby yeah (laughs) it's also so difficult to put into words what exactly you're envisioning you just kind of sometimes wish people could read your mind so that they know so I understand definitely um when it comes to your collaborations um the artists you've been collaborating with are they like friends people artists you know or have you just kind of been reaching out to um like even people you don't know and then asking if they want to collaborate yeah I it kind of comes back to like reaching out to people and like how hard it is to do that and so it's been a mix it's I would say it's mostly people coming to me once Mm. I kind of put it out there uh I did have a video that I put out that my friend made and where I mentioned the idea and I had a bunch of people email me being like I would love to do that and I did also email a couple friends that I knew artists that I felt not embarrassed or not like shy to ask as well um to do stuff and yeah this year I I this year I was asking people who were kind of working around me other people who have done markets with me who I've created a friendship with or just like admire their work in my studio space at Gore Studios I gave one to almost everybody to do (laughs) one because I thought that would be cool to have collection of ones just by other artists in my studio and I admire all of them um but there are ones that I would love there are artists that I admire that I would love for them to do it and I have yet to have the courage to ask because it's just (laughs) it's you know I don't know I guess like fear of rejection or just like I'm not sure it's silly but uh wracking it's nerve-wracking yeah and I'm sure they'd probably be delighted or probably be able to tell me no in a nice way but I will get there (laughs) yeah baby steps (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you figure it out, though. That'd yeah. Be, yeah. Amazing. Like how fun it would be for you to collaborate with like artists that you love and like their work. So totally. exciting. Yeah. And like they're able to do stuff that I'm not like every time somebody creates something with one of my head and gives it back to me. I'm like, I could have never done this. I would have never thought of this. I would have never done it. And so they're creating things that I am not able to. And like, I'm not a big paint I'm not the best painter honestly so Mm -hmm. when I give it to a painter who's able to do these tiny little details I'm like wow amazing I this is something I that would never happen without reaching out and having somebody else do that end of it so it's it's really satisfying to collaborate 
Totally. Do you sell these collaborations as well? Yeah, well, I, I tried something last year that I'm going to change up a little bit this year. And last year was like a silent auction in which mm-hmm. I had them all on display for one of the markets. One of the big markets I do is called Weirdos Market, which is in December. And for me, that's one of my that's like my biggest event. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one I'm most excited for. And so it's two weekends and I had them all on display and a little book where people can bid on them. And the highest bidder essentially gets the head at the end of the weekend, like or at the end of the two weekends. But I found with that one that like, it's not really accessible for people. Like if people look like, okay, $200, like, okay, well, I guess that's, I can't do that. Like people yeah. who didn't have a lot of money, weren't able to get a, have a chance. Uh, and also like chasing people for money afterwards is a little bit annoying. So I think this year it's going to be a little bit more like raffle style in which mm can bid five dollars on a head that they want and it's just five bucks and at the end i just pull a name for each head and that's the winner and so that way if you have five bucks in your pocket you can have a chance to win a head um but yeah i i think that's the way i'm going to do it this year so it's just more accessible and people have already paid me the money so i don't have to be, be like emailing and texting and that work is annoying too i don't i don't love that yeah um but oh, also a portion of the money also goes to charity. Each artist choose a charity that they individually like or want to support. And a portion of all these collaborations that does does go there, too. Amazing. That's how that's a great idea. I like the the raffle idea also. Totally. Yeah, giving the portion of the money to charity. Always great. What do you usually sell besides your um, baby heads at markets? Yeah, the baby heads are obviously the biggest sellers, yeah. but I also have, I try to have like a representation of all the parts on the table. So I have the baby heads and then I have the eyeballs. So I have, you know, the eyeballs that blink, like they, they're in the baby head when you lay them down to sleep and like the eyes close. And if you shake it, they just kind of open and close like rapidly. Uh, so I pop those out and I cover them in clay in some sense. And and I'd turn them into bolo ties, into pins, into other things. And so when you move, like wearing this accessory, it'll blink. And so the blinking stuff is really neat. And I also have like roach clips or like photo holders with like, that are like little hands holding like a little clip, <laughs> which are just kind of a funny little gag gift for people. That's cute. Um I don't know. I just kind of think of random stuff and just throw it on my table sometimes. I'll like make a one-off of something a little weird. Yeah. I This year I'm definitely going to have some new stuff. I want to incorporate the bodies because that's like the hardest one to figure out what I'm going to do with them. Mm-hmm. Like the it, like you look at them and there doesn't seem like there's much use to them. But what I've done with them is to create my banner like with my name on it. I've like mm-hmm. carved out my name into like the stomachs of them and I have them all on a string. Um, and it has my my like company name on them, and I've lit them, and I put like a little light in there, and I lit, lit them up. So I want to make mini versions of that for people that just say like random stuff, like crybaby, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, slut or whatever people like. It's like something that's weird and funny for people just to like be like that is bizarre, like and like I don't know, like little signs for people. I want to make little car like bobbleheads. I have one in my car and the amount of people who are like, I want one of those is like, okay, well, I think I should make some. So just like things on like a little spring that they can like put in their car for, for forever. And 
yeah, I've I've just like some little like random ideas that I hopefully will be able to produce. I think I think of a lot of things and at the end of the day, it's hard to really do it all. Yeah. But I, I love having a variety of ideas on the table for people and people who come to these markets every single year or have come throughout the years can look and be like, gosh, there's always something new. And like, it's important for me to step it up a notch every year so that mm-hmm. these regulars who are coming can look at something and don't feel like it's the same stuff every year, but they can look and be like, you always bring it up a notch. Mm-hmm. And it just feels good to get these this feedback from folks who see the difference every time. Are you, are you scared of getting burnt out at all from, you know, aiming to have something new every, I guess, year? I'm not scared. I am burnt out. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, I mean, that does happen. Like, I I think I'm getting better at managing the burnout. Yeah. Like, for the last year was probably the first year I actually slept a little bit before, like, my big market. Like, every, I'm telling you, every single year before Weirdo's Market, I don't sleep a wink before, like, the day before, like, not even a little bit. But I think I got, like, a couple hours in, and that was... It was a big one for me. And I, I try to actually get a couple hours sleep before each market now, um, which before it would never happen. The idea of having sleeping before a market was like, ha, yeah, right. Like <laughs> I'm going to use every single bit of time I have to like add these last little, mm. little details. Um, but I'm starting to realize that my energy at markets are more important than these little details that people probably wouldn't even notice if it was there or not. Yeah. Like being fully there. Like your yeah, your presence at a market or at a crawl or whatever is huge when it comes to selling and promoting not only what you sell or but who you are. You're kind of selling yourself too. You're not yeah. just selling products. When people come up and want to talk to you about the work, it's important to just be fully there or as there as possible uh, to be able to, I guess, sell it to people and create connections with people, even if they're not going to buy it, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I'm sure you've heard of people saying like separate the art from the artist, but that's so difficult. I don't think anyone's actually able to do that. I feel like mm-hmm. the artist affects how you view their art so much. I see where you're yeah. coming from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it can sell without me, but I think it can sell more with me. So you have the cultural crawl coming up, uh, Weirdo Market in December. Uh, do you have any other markets planned out for now? No, I don't. I another lesson I've learned is to only take as much as you can eat. I guess you know, <laughs> like I in the past I've taken so many markets because it felt like I don't want to say no to an opportunity, but mm-hmm. that's when the burnout really happens when I have like a market after a weekend and like two weekends in a row, and I can't do that anymore. And so I've limited myself to one market per month, at least in yeah. the last couple of months. Um, just to to prevent that burnout and also make it more fun for me like it's not really fun when I have a market and then I have to like have a whole weekend to like restock for the next one like it just it isn't fun anymore and I think a big point of why I've like chosen this path this career is because it's fun to me and not just the making is fun but the selling should be fun too and so bringing the pressure down is better and I even though it may seem like I'm making less money because I'm doing less markets. I don't think that's true. I'm able to like make more at these individual markets that I'm doing. It becomes more exclusive. And I really like to support the markets that I really love. Um, and that's why like Weirdo's Market is the only one I do in December. Because for me, mm-hmm. like that's like my family that feels, I feel at home there. The organizers are wonderful. All like every, it's, it's curated so beautifully. 
and I want to be able to tell people like to come to that market. And yeah. I've done markets where I felt like I didn't feel proud to promote it. I mean, the people are nice and everything, but it just feels like I want to bring people to spaces where I they get wowed. And Weirdos Market is one of those places where you feel wowed. And also, also, you know, obviously culture crawl too. It's it's different. Again, it's my first year doing it, so I don't know yeah. what to expect yet. But that that includes culture crawl too. Yeah, I have two questions. One, can people buy your stuff outside the markets? Yeah, my my online shop is empty right now, <laughs> but uh, we'll get there. Uh, but otherwise, I do have a, a lot of shops in Vancouver where I sell my work. But yeah, yeah, so shops and markets and i mean you can message me but ugh, i'm bad at i'm I'm, I'm like i'm bad man. it's hard when people message for, you know sometimes it's just it's, it can be overwhelming uh secondly obviously people can come see your studio during the culture crawl is your studio open to visitors outside the culture crawl are you open to having people in of course not like unannounced but you know um if people wanted to visit you in your studio is that okay with you Totally. Yeah. I, I would love that. Um, either they can shoot me a message. Also our studio space does something called first Fridays or no, is it first Fridays or first Saturday? It's first Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's called first Saturdays and it's the first Saturday of the month. Like we open up our space for people to come in and yeah, check it out. Essentially like culture crawl, but just like a mini version for a day. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not open all the time. Like we, open just like when people are available to do that so that's something that people can look out for is for Saturdays but yeah I part of me being in that space is for people to see it so mm -hmm. yeah I love visitors amazing and I think that's all I have for today would you like to remind everyone first when the Eastside Culture Crawl is and also secondly where they can find you <laughs> The Eastside Culture Crawl is November 16th to 19th, uh, and I'm at Gore Studios, which is at 617 Gore Avenue. There's a big sign that, that has like a, it's like a noodle sign that's hanging above, so that's kind of where you find us. And yeah, I'm going to be, and I'm on the third floor. Nice. And you can't miss me. You can't you, you can't walk past and not notice. So. <laughs> You'll be able to find me up there. And what's your Instagram? My Instagram is just my name, which is Violet Patrick. Yeah. That's good. Thanks for being. Thanks for coming on here. I love it. Thank you so much. Cool. Appreciate Go. it.